Hey, you're on Earth Tribe Radio, www.earthtriberadio.com. Yona. Hey, Jill. How are you today? Hi, it's a wonderful, cold but sunny day here. Yes, as a matter of fact, I've got this, the, the door open for the kitties to run in, up, run in and out. So I'm <laughs> sitting in front of a breeze, which is lovely. Well, and that's an ocean breeze too, which is always so refreshing. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Joel, um, there's been a huge amount of discussion and uh, anger and confusion about the Dalai Lama saying, suck my tongue to the little boy. Um, Could you explain what your take on that is? Because... So many oh. people have asked me, and I just had to say, I just, I don't know. I mean, it, it's cultural for sure, but I don't know anymore. So I'd be really interested in what you have to say. This is such a prime example. Thank you, Fiona. This is such a prime example of things we've talked about in the past. About be, take a moment, maybe ninety seconds, after you read something or somebody says something to you, and ask yourself it. Do I believe this? Is this true? Because this is totally... Let me explain to you. First of all, when this was done, he was around children in his own culture, surrounded by people in his own culture. And what the Tibetan Buddhists believe is complete and utter love and compassion. And so uh, children come running up because they love candy. This is part of the, the teachings. So they love candy. And when you don't have any candy anymore and you're out of things to give, one of the things they say is, I don't have any candy, but you can suck my tongue. And what that means is I've had candy in my mouth before. I don't have any now, but you can take whatever is in my mouth, whatever taste is in my mouth, and and take that into yourself. Now, I liken that, and don't laugh, I liken that to the cast iron pot. When you cook in cast iron, you create the most wonderful flavor because... When you clean the cast iron after you cook something in it, you don't use soak and water. You rub salt in it. So the flavors of everything you've ever cooked in that cast iron pot remains somewhere in there. So every time you cook in there, you're adding to the flavor. So when the Dalai Lama or any of the Tibetans say, you can suck my tongue, it means you can take whatever remains of the candy on my tongue. There is nothing sexual about it. And I, I deplore the fact that the media went rampant on that without even looking at the culture of what he, he was actually saying, which was an incredibly giving, giving thing. And I can go on to many indigenous cultures that have the same belief. It's like in the Northern Native American tribes, the turkey is the gift of the giveaway. I give you everything that I have. I give you everything that I have until I have no more. 
I give you everything. I'll give you my flesh. That's what the sun dance is about in the, on the reservations, in the Lakota reservations. Take my flesh because it's the only thing I have left to give you, my prayers for you. It's the same sort of thing. And that's what the Dalai Lama was saying. Not anything disgusting and not anything sexual uh, at all. And I really believe that those of us in North America who haven't done a fair share of traveling, we need to look at how how we are very close-minded. We're only attuned to our own culture so we can misunderstand things so easily. And one of the things, you know, I always say you must travel, you must travel. And nowadays it's much harder to travel, but it's not harder to learn about different cultures. It's easier to learn about different cultures. We've got the internet, but then when the internet prints something outrageous like that, or people spread that around, they're not doing themselves or anybody else a favor. You're passing on something untrue uh, and harmful and harmful. And that's what I have to say about that. Well, unfortunately, nobody said that, that I read. I didn't read too much because I just, with the news, I just scan it. But um, it didn't appear that anybody said that. And I wish somebody had actually come out and said what you just said. Well, probably the the Tibetan culture is a very um, humble, loving culture. So it isn't something that they would stand up and and pronounce. I mean, you can see that in their, the, the Chinese have taken over their country. And they're not fighting the Chinese because they're not a fighting. They're a loving country that tries to share peace, compassion, and love. So it wouldn't be in their culture to stand up and say, hey, you got this wrong. What mm. they do appreciate because I did put this on Facebook and I got a lot of responses from Tibetan monasteries from all over the world saying thank you. You know, we, we so often say that we live a very small life when we've never traveled and when we don't, we just don't understand. I think people don't understand uh, different cultures and you know, the interesting thing is we've talked about this so many times is that even a small culture gap, like between uh, English, Australian culture, which are both different, but also to, to the United States. Um, I know when I married Bob, there was a fairly large cultural difference, but it's not as large as something like from this culture or the Western culture to the Tibetan culture. It's very difficult unless you've traveled and actually stopped a while. That's why when I traveled, I used to try not just to go places, I would go somewhere and stay, so I got a feel yeah. and a sense of a place. And I know you did that even more so. So it's like if I remember I was on a, a train coming from I think Rome to uh, maybe to France, somewhere like that. Anyway, and I remember there was somebody who just jumped, jumped. They we stopped at the Pisa, the Leaning Tower. 
And uh, she just said, can I jump off? I have to take a picture of it, say that I was here. And that it's very it's very easy to travel and just try to see a bunch of places instead of experience and see what the culture is and get an experience of the people. Um, and actually like Rick Steves, um, the travel places, travel shows, because he tries to get a little bit of the whole culture. And I mm. think that even if you watch really good travel shows, it's very, very helpful. So, you know, if you can't travel, and it is, you said, for many of us, it's a little harder. You get older, the whole thing with travel is harder. But even so, it's uh, expensive and it's it's not as fun as it was when we were kids. Uh, so but go watch some really good travel shows, uh, particularly travel shows of third world countries, just to see what it is and just to get a sense that that we are living in such a different culture here and that there are so many uh, other wonderful cultures that are completely different in the way they think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm taking another right now because I'm at home a lot. Uh, I'm taking another one of those great courses on um, my, well, it's, you can buy it at, on Audible, but they're visuals. You can have them on your television. Um, and that takes you through histories, historic places. Um, I'm just doing South America again for the third time uh, from the ancient cultures to the present day. I just love that. And you can take Europe from ancient times to the present day and learn a lot about the history and how some cultures blended with others and how things came into being. That gives a far greater understanding. And even though I really miss the traveling that I have done all my life, I get to explore where I, I where I want to explore through like the great courses or what's his name, Steve? What I've seen his uh, Rick, shows on, Rick, Rick, Steve, Rick Steve. Rick Steve on PBS. Um, uh, yes, and PBS. Always, and then Stanley Tucci on the the food and the different the different places in Italy. I mean, there's so many co- different cultural foods in Italy is divided up into so many places. That was fascinating. So, and slightly different languages in, in Italy, all the way through Italy, sort of going back to their ancient tribal days. It, it's wonderful. And even if we don't get to travel outside of the United States, it's really important if that's where we live and we've never been out of here, then we need to do that sort of thing that educates us. And we get to understand more about other cultures and other things. And I think this thing that came out uh, from the, uh, the Dalai Lama with the children the other day is a perfect example. And, and I, I'm, I'm glad that we have the opportunity to talk about this having those of us who believe that without just being told that just say, oh, wait a minute, let me step back. How ready was I to believe that and have a judgment about that? Wow, I'm glad I caught that. Now let's explore some more. 
it's so important because also while we are uh, in our in the United States, there are also a lot of cultures within this culture. So there's the like my daughter is in a relationship with a Bulgarian gentleman. They've got a baby, um, and uh, their the Bulgarian culture is quite different in many ways to this culture. And I think, you know, just uh, if you find different festivals that you think are safe these days to go off and really just be a part of the culture. There are even Hawaiian um, festivals where you can watch the hula or, you know, the the Mexican culture or you can do some exploring of cultures within our own country. Yes, and it's, you know, if say even if you go, uh, I don't know, I mean, one of the reasons I, I love it here where my son lives near the beach, there are so many cultures in this place, and I love it. I love it. I don't feel like I'm just in North America. <laughs> We've got uh, the Chinese, the Japanese, we have Korean. We have Mexican, we have South American, we have Colombian, Uruguay, um, and we have the indigenous people as well um, that go back centuries. Their 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 lines go back centuries, uh, and that's a beautiful thing. And that's a beautiful thing. And I I love it. I love meeting them in the supermarket. Uh, you know, I have my favorite supermarkets because I get to see more, more different, more culture. You know, I used to love to go to my Qigong masters. Um, after I went to see him, I would go to a Chinese supermarket where they had a, a, a place where you could eat as well. And mm-hmm. uh, it was so fascinating to see the real Chinese food, not the stuff you get in Chinese uh, restaurants. And but also to see there's such interesting. Foods and not clothes, but foods and um, pots and things that they would sell. That was quite. It was like stepping into a completely different culture, and everybody was speaking Chinese. And I used to just like to buy something there and sit there for a while and just experience it. And you know, when I was a kid and I was traveling, backpacking around Europe, I would. um, I always said I'm not that interested in going. I had to go to the Louvre, of course. Everybody wants to do that, but. I was not that interested in going to the big tourist spots. I wanted to sit on the side streets with somebody and chat or, you know, listen. And that was so important for me because I felt really then I got a feel for the culture. It wasn't like I'm just living in a, um, you know, in a fast space that really doesn't incorporate the culture. So I I think, you know, maybe find some of the festivals that the the different cultures are, are giving and you can really experience what what is different and how they think. Because honestly, having traveled a lot, you've traveled more, much more than me, but I've traveled a lot, and um, the cultures do think very differently, and their language is expressed very differently. I, I totally agree. I, what, what I love to do when I travel or I go to different places or it, to cultural fairs, a new restaurant that is food like, oh, what was it? Well, I had Vietnam food from Vietnam back in the 60s when I was a nurse in Vietnam. But I saw a, 
Vietnamese restaurant not so long ago, and they were, you know, on their menu was food I'd never heard of, or we didn't really talk about the food in Vietnam during the war. So I said, I went in and I said, well, talk to me about the food. Where does it come from? Is it spicy? Um, you know, and ask them to teach you. They would love to do that. They love, people love sharing the things that they do if we can be humble in asking our questions and not demanding and treating people as if they were servants of ours. Ask, what what should I, or what do I need, where does this food come from? Is it the north? Is it the south? How do they think this? Is it spicy? I can't eat spicy food, so I have to make sure it's not spicy. No, it's not spicy, and of course it's <laughs> But that, but then it's know, not. Said, I know, I know. But you know, that's okay. I learned something, and if I say, "Oh, I, that 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 was too spicy for me," but thank you, it was nice tying it. And they said, "Well, let me get you something that's not so spicy." Then you see, it's so easy. It's so easy when we're friendly. And and you know, my my dad uh, grew up. His parents were from England. And um, he grew up as a as a child in South Africa, but he also was became a part of the culture. He would run with the native children, and they would build things with mud, and they would show him how to uh, hunt and how to track. And he became he was always very available to the and there's many cultures where he came from of African people, and and he was so aware that each of those is not just all the African people. It's like each culture was so different. And he was always so aware that each of those cultures was so unique and so different. And that was such a gift to see him him being aware of the different cultures. One thing that I loved about South Africa years ago when I was there is that there are many tribes and they all have their own language. And many of the people there speak five, six, seven different languages, including English. And how many Americans can you speak of that speak five, six, seven? I was going to ask you, how many languages do you speak? Because you've traveled oh, really just, so many places. Just, no, I mean, I, I used to sing. When I was singing, I would sing in French obviously English, French, German, and Italian. But um, it was not, I didn't really speak. At one stage, I spoke a little Italian. Of course, we all had high school French. But at that time, when we were kids, but uh, I didn't really engage in in becoming bilingual. I know you did with with Spanish, which was so wonderful. Uh, And, you know, the interesting thing with the with the African cultures that my dad was um, that my dad was always shared with us is that each of those cultures is different. It's it's like the Zulu have this culture and the Bantu have this culture. And it's like each of those nations has different personalities in a sense. It's like, you know, you look at the French people and you think, oh, this is, these are signatures of French people or Italian, you know, they're a little wilder and a little more expressive and the German a little less expressive. So it's the same with all the different African cultures. And dad always made us aware of that. 
which mm-hmm. was so helpful. So it kind of set us up for being aware that, you know, of the different cultural aspects. Well, that's wonderful that you grew up like that. Do you know what would be so easy to do? It was something I did a number of years ago is take myself. Well, I, I started speaking Spanish because I was living in California and Spanish is, uh, you know, a primary language here. And I, my Spanish before when I was living in Europe, it was French. So I spoke. So I used to take a month a year and go to a different country in South America, live with a family that would put me up and feed me breakfast and dinner. And I'd find a school to take culture lessons or language lessons. And I'd spend a month with a family who spoke no English. It's surprising how quickly one learns and makes friends. You know, I didn't do enough of that. I wanted to go to go back to Guatemala and learn weaving, how they weave their fabrics. And stay with the family while I learned how to weave and speak Spanish at the same time. All that is open to us. We can do that. <laughs> Uh, you know, the, the thing that we want to get back to is cultural differences are so huge. And when we judge them just as our culture, we judge them, then we're, yeah. we're missing an enormously what is actually happening. And I think, thank you for your, for your clarification of that, um, of which the Dalai Lama uh, said. And, uh, it, it's something we want to think, no matter when anybody says anything. I have to say, being primarily of, an, of the English culture, you know, from England, um, it, it's still sometimes different. The way I say things is different. And it's so interesting because, you know, we all speak English, but there are still some different things. Well, you grew up, you spent year, 27 years in England. Um, so the way we all say things, even when we're English speaking, can be misconstrued because it's different. Each culture is different. Oh, oh, oh yes, I could tell you this. I could. I've got stories about that. Using words in, that that in America means one thing, and in England means something entirely different. So yes, I've been in very embarrassing situations to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I, I can't. T- say it on the air really I don't think but uh but you know learning the differences uh can be surprisingly humorous you know when, once we're not afraid you know we don't have to be mortified that we said something completely wrong we can just enjoy the fact that we got it wrong and they they will enjoy the fact that they told you it was <laughs> what you did was wrong and everybody gets a laugh out of it. I just, it, you know, I don't know. I just had the best, I've had the best life so far, you know? Yeah, I was just saying I had a great life loving different cultures. And experiencing them for you and respecting those cultures, which is something you've yeah. always done. Rather than just going in and trying to hold our culture. As somebody I knew said they're going to France, 
And I said, great, well, don't forget to learn a few phrases. And they said, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to speak English. And I thought, well, okay. I mean, that's what they want to do. But I always found if you take a phrase book and or now you can take Google Translate and you just spend a little time learning it a little bit, if people respect that and, and, and are pleased that you're just trying to be in their, you know, be in their culture a bit rather than just forcing your culture on them. Well, let's set the 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 wrong right with the Dalai Lama now. I think this is the perfect example of when you hear something or read something, take ninety ninety seconds to pause, and then if that doesn't sound right, investigate, investigate, investigate. Oh, thank you, Jill, for clarifying that. And uh, this is Earth Tribe Radio. www.earthtriberadio.com. Your home on planet Earth.